I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hey, everyone, it's Eves. Just wanted to let you know that you'll be hearing an episode from me and an episode from Tracy V. Wilson today. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's September 8th. The Delano Grape Strike began on this day in 1965. The story goes back to immigration from the Philippines to the mainland United States during the 1920s and 30s. At that time, most immigration to the United States from Asia was banned. But the Philippines was under United States colonial rule. Men from the Philippines were allowed into the United States, but they could not become full U.S. citizens. Most of these men worked as migrant farm laborers. They moved from place to place according to when work needed to be done in the fields and the vineyards. And most of them were also unmarried because of discriminatory anti-miscegenation laws. It was illegal for Filipino men to marry women who weren't also from the Philippines. But when most of these men were coming to the United States, immigration for Filipino women was restricted, and that didn't change until the 1960s. By the time this strike happened, many of the Filipino men who were working in the fields were in their 50s and 60s, and conditions for them were not good. The pay was very poor, often there was nowhere to use the bathroom, and when there was, the conditions were not sanitary. The sources of drinking water during the day also tended to be next to these unsanitary bathrooms. So Filipino workers had been advocating for better pay and better working conditions for years. 
They had formed the Agricultural Workers Organizing Committee, and when pay cuts were being threatened in the summer of 1965, the committee held a vote. That vote took place on September 7th, and they voted to go on strike. The leaders of this organization and the strike included Larry Itliong. They knew that a strike would only be successful if they also had the participation of Mexican agricultural workers in the area. And this was because the growers in California had been pitting the Filipino and the Mexican workers against each other for years, knowing that divided, neither group could really make a stand. They couldn't really advocate for better treatment and better pay. If there was a labor dispute with the Mexican workers, the growers would hire Filipino workers in their place, and vice versa. So Itliong went to Cesar Chavez, who had founded the National Farm Workers Association with Dolores Huerta to organize Mexican workers. He asked the National Farm Workers Association to join them in their strike. At first, Chavez said no. The National Farm Workers Association was planning to do a strike, but They were thinking about a couple of years down the road, not in the immediate future. But about two weeks later, the Mexican workers joined the Delano strike. This led to five years of ongoing strikes and an international boycott of table grapes that started in 1968. It also involved marches and demonstrations and other nonviolent protests and a hunger strike by Cesar Chavez. The National Farm Workers Association and the Agricultural Workers Organizing Committee combined in 1966 to form the United Farm Workers Organizing Committee, which later became known as just the United Farm Workers. The table grape growers in California finally signed contracts with the United Farm Workers in 1970. The Delano grape strike and this cooperation between Mexican and Filipino farm workers was the start of a much bigger movement for labor rights in American agriculture. Although Larry Itliong and some of the other Filipino leaders later left the United Farm Workers over concerns that Filipino voices weren't being represented enough in the organization. Thanks so much to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work for today's episode, and thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tomorrow we will have an uprising that stemmed from and affected conditions behind bars. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. 
That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was September 8th, 1504. Michelangelo's famous statue of David was unveiled in Florence, Italy, in the Piazza della Signoria. In the early 15th century, the overseers of the Office of Works of the Duomo, Florence's cathedral church, commissioned 12 sculptures of figures from the Old Testament. The sculptures would be placed on the buttresses of the Florence Cathedral. Donatello made a sculpture of Joshua in terracotta in 1410. More than 50 years later, in 1464, the Operai commissioned a sculpture of David by Agostino di Duccio. But Agostino did not finish the project. He only managed to sculpt some of the legs, torso, and drapery out of a block of Carrara marble before his involvement with the project ended. A decade later, Antonio Rossellino was assigned to finish the task of sculpting David. But he ceased to work on the project, too, and the block of marble remained in the yard of the cathedral workshop for years. It wasn't until the 16th century when the Operai would find someone who would finish the sculpture. It commissioned the job to 26-year-old Michelangelo in August of 1501. The next month, he began creating the statue. And for more than two years, Michelangelo worked on the sculpture of David. The statue is 17 feet or five meters tall. David is depicted before his battle with Goliath, standing in contrapposto and holding a sling draped over his left shoulder. His hands and head are disproportionately large. But as the statue was nearing its completion in early 1504, it was determined that it would not be installed on the roof of the Florence Cathedral. It weighed six tons, and lifting it would prove difficult. So a group of Florentine artists, including Leonardo da Vinci, Sandro Botticelli, and Perugino, was brought together to determine a more fitting location for David. After months of debate, it was decided that David would be placed in the Piazza della Signoria, in front of the entrance to the city's town hall. The statue was installed in June, replacing Donatello's bronze sculpture of Judas and Holofernes. It took four days for the statue to be moved the half-mile from its courtyard to its spot at the piazza. It was suspended from ropes in a wooden cage and pulled along on greased beams. David was installed facing Rome. On September 8th, the statue was unveiled to the public. 
Though a religious statue, David became a civic symbol for Florence's struggle against the powerful Medici family. In 1873, David was removed from the piazza for protection from damage and put inside the Academia Gallery of Florence. A replica of the sculpture was installed at the piazza in 1910. David is one of Michelangelo's most recognizable artworks, and it's considered a masterpiece of high Renaissance sculpture. In 2010, a fiberglass reproduction of Michelangelo's David was placed on the roofline of the Florence Cathedral for a day. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us at TDIHC Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you here in the same place tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.